and welcome back to the Pinstripe Podcast. Scotty, what's going on? Nothing. Nothing's going on. Getting right back into school. So, bit hectic, but also a bit boring. Yeah, I, I am very much on the boring side. Um, I was supposed to come up and start working, but working got pushed back, so now I'm taking a singular class twice a week. Really pushing, pushing the limits of my brain, really. But it's all good. It's all good. We're in the home stretch here. Just trying to finish up. But let's dive right into some baseball with the Yankees making a historic move. And they hired, I know I'm going to mess up her last name. And I, sh- I meant to watch her press conference, but I do believe I was asleep. Because it was at like... You weren't in class, I can tell you. I wasn't in class. I wasn't in class, <laughs> but I am pretty sure that I was asleep because I believe it was at 10 in the morning. And I have had no reason to wake up the past few days. <laughs> but the Rachel Balkovic, that sounds, that sounds that was, like it. That, that looks like it reasonable. sounds right. That sounds reasonable. Um, joined, she joined the Yankees organization as a minor league hitting coach in 2019, will now serve as the manager for the low A Tampa... Tarpoons, tarpons. Yes. I always want to say tarpons for some reason. Um, And she would hold that position this season. Huge. The first female to be named a manager in any level of baseball. Obviously, we have Kim Ang as a general manager, but Rachel will be obviously calling shots on the field after the the game. First female to hold a position of manager, and for her to do that with the Yankees is mm, pretty perfect. <laughs> really, again, she played. Much- she played Division One softball, and obviously she was a hitting coach for the minors last year. Other, I mean, yes, we talk a lot of shit about the Yankees offense, but their minor league offense almost always leads. I'm pretty yeah. sure at one point over the summer our minor league teams at every level were winning their division, like all at the same time, not like scattered, like all at the same time for I think about two weeks, we were all leading our divisions and our offense is a huge part of that. So listen, I've had the woman chat on this show a thousand and one times. <laughs> and I think that, I mean, I was going to use Aaron Boone as an example, but he's not a good example, but like there are, Correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm sure I'm not wrong. There are general managers who did not play professional baseball, correct? I'm sure. Like, sure. There's no way that every general manager, or not even general manager, sorry, every manager played baseball. Now, here's the thing. I'm, I'm going to guess five of the eight NL managers were also players. Okay, which means that there are three that um, were not. At least, at least three. Um, I'm trying to trying to figure this out here because this is oh, this is doing the wrong thing. MLB managers and their playing career. Ooh, so they might go in and determine the opposite. How many are this? Baseball's top eight all-time managers who never played in the majors. Twenty eight. Buck Showalter never played. Joe um, Madden never played. Twenty nine, I think twenty eight. 
28 or 29 uh, did play. So there's still a, a, a solid handful that haven't. But I'm even trying, though I'm they trying, haven't. I'm trying to find someone who's like currently. Um, like. Mike Schilt. Of the, the Cardinals. Yeah. Did One manager of the year um, without even playing professionally. Yeah. He's he not played college ball, but that's it. Luis Rojas. Yep, that was bad. That was the next one. <laughs> Most of the other ones at least had Joe Madden, uh, Brian minor. Snicker. Never played major league. I mean, he played triple A, but yeah, never let's say Joe, Joe Madden got into single A. Brian Snicker, yeah, triple A. There's there are a few Charlie who got Montoya. Into just kidding. There's an MLB debut there. I I can't read. But <laughs> Buck Showalter, who is now the Mets manager, never played. And you can't tell me that there was not a faction of Yankee fans who wanted Showalter as our GM. Or not our GM, sorry, our manager. I keep on messing the two titles up. They they really shouldn't be using the same word. Yeah, they really <laughs> are so close together, yet also so different. Um, so, first of all, that's people's argument that... Because I know that there's people that obviously don't agree with this. I saw I saw a tweet... Scotty, I wish I screenshotted this tweet, but I was also just like about it. And he it was um women are not it was like in a quote tweet um with the announcement, and it was like women are meant not meant to lead men into battle, men are supposed to be on the battlefield. Leaving the locker room is like leaving to go onto the battlefield, and women should not be in charge of that either. And I was like, I don't even know where to start with where you're wrong. But, like, the fact that some people, like, have the courage to write that on the internet and, like, leave it to there. Write that, to write that before anything has happened. She has not coached a game. And, yeah, it's and just. And he's like, she's <laughs> terrible. She doesn't know what she's. She already worked with the team. Hey, like, I'm sorry. You're you're a Yankee fan, so there's a chance you're either a Jets fan or a Giants fan. And. We've gone through two coaches there, and uh... <laughs> maybe Joe Judge should be replaced by a woman. Same. Honestly, I think um, I think Kim Eng did a great job as a GM this year. Um, I'm I'm predicting that Rachel's going to do a great job, and I think that the um, New York Football Giants should pick up both a female GM and a female head coach, and they will start winning games. And I know this isn't a football podcast, and I didn't watch a single Giants game this year because I didn't want to want to cry. Um, but I think that it might work. Go women. Um, if we're going to talk about minor league baseball here, do you have anything else to say about Rachel? Sorry, I really just took that conversation. No, I mean, they're, like, I already kind of said the main thing is, you know, people are going and critiquing all this, not even critiquing, just being angry without even knowing anything. Yeah, people, just- people are just angry to be angry, which I know that, I know that's always going to be an issue when women start working in sports, mm-hmm. but like their arguments just get like weaker and weaker every time. Do not talk about the battlefield. Like what? But I'm sure she's going to do great. Um, unfortunately, but fortunately for us, she will probably not be managing Anthony Volpe. Yeah. Well, that I, I there are there's no, there's no right reaction to that, is there? I there are heavy rumors. <laughs> no confirmation, but heavy rumors that Volpe will probably start um, at Double A, which continues to p- 
push the question of what are the Yankees going to do about the shortstop position? Because I would assume if they're going to push Volpe to Somerset, they would push Peraza to Scranton. Yeah. Because then you, because ideally, I think the Yankees would want to have their shortstop and second base position be played by Peraza and Volpe if they're not going to both play shortstop because they both can play middle infield. But if you're awesome, we talked about him earlier. Um, he got put onto the 40 man to avoid the rule five draft. Oswaldo Cabrera is also a really solid infielder that we have that had an awesome year this year. Play second base. He can play second base next to Volpe and they can still ride Somerset or do you reward Cabrera because he had a really great year and also bump him with Peraza. But that's really been the only player news we've been able to hear because of everything going on. But very exciting for us, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, there's no reason that we shouldn't go to a game. <laughs> yeah, I, have, I will be down as soon as I can to go see a game. I was like, ah, maybe I'll go back. I don't know. I, I will be going back. back. <laughs> Along with that, the whole thing is with those rumors or not even rumors it's basically confirmed at this point of him going and starting at double a they have him starting at double a with the ability to go up to the majors it's kind of what they they keep hinting at is Mm -hmm. he has the possibility of going up to big leagues yeah because that's the big issue with the yankee shortstop situation right now is we have so many that are almost ready yeah so why are we going to sign we're at a year where we don't need somebody. We can't use somebody who's almost ready, but we also can't sign somebody for seven for, years. Yeah. And that's going to be our, our most difficult spot. And that's why, again, I already spoke about this. Currently saying it's one year, two year, one year, three, second year option. I don't know. Something like that. Get an old man in there just to get us through, be able to actually, you know, play defense. And, and here's the thing. Could Peraza do it? Probably. But do you want, I don't, I just, I feel like, I don't know if this is something that affects players as much as I think it would affect players. You have a rough rookie year because you were pushed a year early. Debbie Garcia. Debbie Garcia. Can you bounce back from that the next year? Um, somebody on the, on the Tigers did it too. Was it Turnbull? No, it wasn't Turnbull. Somebody else. Somebody else did the same thing, had a terrible, terrible rookie year. And then they got sent back down. And then three years, two years later, they came back up. And I'm not saying that that's going to happen. I think defensively Peraza can do it. And I mean, he's was a dominant force at double A offensively too, but he turned 21 halfway through the summer. Yeah. And I know that we want to like, and I've been a lead voice on it that I don't want us to like age up and I want us to get younger and more athletic, but there's a point where it's a little, it's a little scary to young. <laughs> yeah, the, the kid couldn't even drink until this year. Like, and then he's like, and there are talents like, you know, there's Juan Soto and there's Bryce Harper who can make their debuts at 19 and be fine. Yeah. But Bryce Harper has two MVPs. Juan Soto's Juan Soto. You know, you're not just like tossing, just people out there, you know? Yeah, you're so not just it, talking to somebody I'm, who's I'm, like, hey, he was good for a little bit there. And you're like, all right, like these are, those are people that have been good 
for consistently. And they've been, yeah, they've been top of the line for a very long time. Going and and you knew it the second they were drafted that they were going to do it. You, you even saw the same the the same with um. Oh my God, uh, Wander Franco. Yeah, he's even that like he's relatively young, but even as that number one prospect for a few years, the Rays still didn't put him up immediately because they wanted him to age. And yeah, at what Peraza is a ninety nine baby. No, but I was, saying, I, was saying, oh. I was ranked on the prospect list. I believe he is I don't third. Remember. I think it goes both oh, for us. I believe it for goes no, both Ethan Nunez. I think he's oh. like in, he's like he's like in he's in the middle of the pack of the top 100. Yeah, I think he's around top 50. Like you don't want to rush a guy who's not like that there's a like they're top 50 cuz they're of course big impact players but they're not this number one like Harper was, like Soto was, like even Franco was, who were just excelling. Undeniably the number one prospect. Yeah. Like it's it's really like, of course, still a very good, extremely good player, extremely good prospect, but they're not that next level where you can just know right as you pull them up, you can rely on them. Yeah. I don't want to take that away from Peraza or Volpe. I don't want to take it away from either of them. They're both fantastic players that are going to have great careers. It's just figuring out how the Yankees are planning on approaching it. Because I do believe that Peraza can, can do it this year if they really need him to, if they don't want to sign Simmons to a one-year deal, I could see them. Oh yeah. It's actually starting to come together in my head. Scotty, Scotty, you have Peraza there this year. You have DJ at second, you have Gio at third. That's this year. Next year, you bring up Volpe. Volpe takes short. Peraza goes to second. DJ to third. Bye bye, Gio. Mm-hmm. And I, I just I, got I, that's, that's the one thing that's been very that's been that's been looking like it's, it's very possible even before all these talks is is the times of Gio or seem to be fading away. Honestly, adds up with my freaking luck. <laughs> Just got the chairs. With my luck. <laughs> but it will be it will be interesting to see. Obviously, nothing is confirmed because we are still on lockout. Scott, you want to give us a lockout update? Uh, we are at 47 days, but do have good news. There was a meeting today, and with that yeah. good news comes bad news. There was no there nothing. is no news. <laughs> They did it, though. That's better than what we've seen for the last 40 days. Yeah, and nobody reported, like, remember the last meeting pre-lockout lasted seven minutes? Yeah. Nobody was like, this was shockingly short, which is good to hear. We heard nothing at all, which isn't fantastic, but I'll take nothing at all over them being like, yeah, they met for five minutes just to, like, make it seem like they were trying to fix the problem. Yeah, and and it's actually good that they at least a meeting yeah gave it a try they didn't just take a break they weren't just sitting around taking the holiday off (laughs) all right i know you've got a few things for us to cover here yes pretty quick Uh, right yeah relatively quick all around um another retirement announcement go out went out john lester retires after 16 years in the mlb major years was with the cubs who their world had, series trip 
Cubs and the Red Sox. He has three rings. I wasn't sure if he had three or four. Yes. Who's his third one with? I think would two of them be with the Sox? Two with the Sox and one with the Cubs. That makes sense. So, um, he had 200 wins, 2.51 ERA through 154 career postseason innings. And this is a guy who even I knew through like the childhood, through my childhood. Like, you know, it's just somebody who's kind of had that impact for a longer time. Like I think of those Cubs pitchers and I know uh, you think of him. I think of Arietta. Yeah. Arietta had one good year. Hasn't really been himself since. Honestly, I feel like the path to go if you want longevity in your career is as a closer. Yeah. You toss one inning. So what's the likelihood of like, we're really like, you know, a whole lot of wear and tear. And then you just do like the Craig Kimbrell where you're just like bouncing all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody will always pick you up. And uh, congratulations on a wonderful career. Yeah. Long career. Got good, good money behind him. I, a, a big thing for that, that Lester had, I think he had, if I'm correct, a terrible terrible times throwing over to first picking off to first mm-hmm. I think he was just awful at it and just seeing him hit that's just seeing a lot of pitchers hit so uh, you know that's something that he kind of made a mark on and of course just his pitching in general made a mark on the league we go from retirement to new coming a lion right yeah a lion soto on soto's younger brother is signing with the Nationals. Here comes the resurgence of the Nationals. Now, this kid is not, you know... He's like 16, right? He's nowhere close to Juan Soto's size. Yeah, he's 16 right now. He's not as big, but still, you put him in a, in a, in a weight room for a year, and kid will be massive. Uh, so that's just something kind of watch out for. But similar, that's that's a... That's a Jason Dominguez moment. Where Does he have like, any other siblings that we need to, like, prepare oh, ourselves oh, for? Okay. I okay. doubt it. Like, I feel like – because, but then also when you think of it, like, um, Vlad Guerrero Jr., there's another one. There's another one. There's still another one after him. Yeah. Yeah. There's, like, after two more coming. There's a one – yeah, that's it. There's a one – Yeah, there's two more. And then there's one below that. Um, early life and family. Let's look at that. Wow, this is real short. Uh, he has an older sister and a younger brother. That's it. okay. So, so there's just the one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So maybe maybe we'll see the Soto be a manager. Uh, <laughs> just thrown in there. <laughs> see, the Nationals need a new manager. We have Miss Soto here. Um, yeah. So that's another. That's a Jason Dominguez kind of thing where it's like, hey, bunch of hype, but we won't see. But it's like it, it's way down the pipeline. Yeah. Yeah. It's just kind of something that that's interesting. Yeah. Um, I do have two more things. Um, so in Missouri, they had a teaching shortage in some schools and Harrison Bader, outfielder for the Cardinals, decided to go and substitute teacher as a gym teacher. Love that. And I can't imagine, I can't imagine dodgeball. <laughs> <laughs> But could you imagine? Could you imagine like he has like a class that nobody like watches baseball, and they're just he's like, he's like, what's up? My name's Harrison Bader, and the kids are like, why did you introduce your first and last name? Who are you? 
and then he throws 97 at him. <laughs> he's like, like dodgeball. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so that's just another little little interesting thing. You know, gotta love what they're doing. They're locked out. They're having so much job right now. He might as well go and uh, so go and, go and help the community a bit. Um, but yeah, that yeah that that Cardinals team as a whole still top defensive. Um, oh yeah, all around. Um, and then my final thing, and this is hopefully going to load on my phone, but probably won't. There is an active list of Hall of Fame votes and who's getting them and, you know, like percentages and all of that. And the last time that I checked, I think uh, Ortiz, Clemens, and Bonds were all on the top of the chart. All righty. There we go. Okay. So there is 156 public ballots, which is currently 42% of all ballots. And the people on top right now, or not just on top, but who are currently in are Barry Bonds with a 78.2% rating, Roger Clemens with a 77% rating, and David Ortiz with an 83.6%, you know, like acceptance rate, which those have been numbers that have been relatively consistent since I looked at it last week. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course the numbers keep going up and we're only halfway through. So you need quite, you need 294 votes to be in a minimum, 294 votes. We're only at 156. We have a well way to go, Yeah, but they're really, you know, aren't, it isn't anything to worry about, really look at, kind of keep your eye on every once in a while. Um, looking around, sadly, Teixeira only has 0.6% of votes. Damn. Uh, Kurt Schultz and Sosa also aren't currently accepted in their 10th year. Um uh, Kurt Schillings is closer with a 59.4% rating, and Sammy Sosa is just not looking great at all with a 25.5% rating. So those are really probably the only ones that are extremely notable. Most of the first year are pretty low as well. Ryan Howard isn't getting a ton. Tim Hudson, uh, Tori Hunter, Tim Lincecum. These are people that are still in the first few years of being able to be inducted so they're lower percentage and i still think david ortiz is basically in at this point yeah yes um i wouldn't be surprised it makes sense already um and then of course there's still the absolute battle of barry bonds put him in put him in Uh, i think you put him in yeah put him in um I understand that he took drugs, but you still have to make contact with the ball. (laughs) So he has 129 votes. He needs 165 more. So not even halfway. Yeah. So he's got got quite, quite the distance to go. Um, You shall keep an eye on it. I have something to add on from last week. Go ahead. The... Alex Rodriguez getting his Manning cast style. Oh, yeah, I did see this. Sunday Night Baseball is going to be with Michael K. Michael K. Actually, I'll, I'll take that. I'll take I'll it. I'll take that. 
But what I'm upset about is with this move to MLB Network has scooped up David Cohn, who is Michael K's co-host yeah. Yeah. on Yes. However, yeah. Cohn will be- I was trying to think of how it worked more. That's more how I was trying to think. Oh, like what to call him? Yeah. Well, yeah. Like how, how he moved and everything like that. Okay. Yeah. So Cone isn't completely leaving yes, but he's going from like a hundred games down to like around 50, which is upsetting because I really like David Cone. However, I'm very happy. He knows so much about baseball yeah, and is so knowledgeable that I, I think that he's going to be more helpful on the MLB broadcast than A-Rod. But if they want to give A-Rod his little special thing, I'm like, okay, I guess I'll listen. I guess I'll make my ears bleed once a week to listen. Um, I'm like sad that David Cohn's leaving because Cohn going from being a player to working for yes, like I feel like that's like the perfect pipeline. Yeah. But I understand that the next step is to, you know, go to the national broadcast, I guess. If you insist. I don't know why I didn't think of this. I don't really know how that, I'm interested in how they plan on having that broadcast work with the Manning cast because most baseball prod, like broadcasts are already way off topic because there's nothing else. To there's nothing about. else to talk about. Who's going to be new about it? Well, <laughs> Is it just going to be like, okay, thing. film of, I called this A-Rod Homer. <laughs> okay, but here's the thing is that I said this last week. A-Rod, I think, is a little bit awkward on the mic if he's not talking about baseball. So yeah. if Michael K keeps him on the subject of baseball, you might oh, be able will. to get will, you might be been... able to get four straight hours of A-Rod talking about baseball, which yeah. then will be enjoyable. Yeah. Because when A-Rod talks baseball, yeah, his like actual like physical technique of speaking is wrong, but I know that because of of school, not because of just like life. Um if you can get him to talk for four hours about baseball, that's actually going to be very, I mean, I think it's going to be interesting. I don't know if like a casual baseball fan is going to find it interesting. So I don't know if it's going to have the exact same like charm that Manning cast has, but I think they'll be able to give it its own sort of pizzazz that might work. You want to know what I think might happen? I think, Actually, I'm just thinking of this theory right now. I don't think it's actually going to happen. But Brett Gardner just does what David Cohn did, retires into the booth. Any thoughts? Action for me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see him doing that. Oh, but, uh, I, see him, I, 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 I don't, I don't want him to do it. I, let, me, let me make that clear. I don't want him to do it. But he has this illustrious love affair with the Yankees and their organization that they're like, we want to keep you like here and with the team. And yeah, they could do what they did with CC and make him like a consultant. But I could also see them being like, get in the booth. I don't think he'd be good. If I, if I imagine him doing it, I imagine him with the headset on in the booth. I imagine him as a guest, his short little bald self standing there as a third person, short little interview, kind of being like, how was your time? Like that, that's how I imagine it. Like right off the top of my head, that's the imagery I have. I can't really imagine every pregame they go up to him and he's- Yeah, because he can't wear a hat. And here's the thing, 
Brad Gardner without a hat on is frightening. <laughs> but congratulations to David Cohn. I'm interested to possibly Michael K. Depends on how he looks at it. Yeah, I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm interested. I don't remember what they called it. They had like some name for it. And I don't remember what it was called. Um, but I'm interested to see how that goes. Um because it's gonna ride on Alex Rodriguez. Because yes, Michael K is known by the Yankees and he's known across baseball, but he's mostly known by Yankee fans. So A-Rod's the name that's drawing it. So good luck is what I'm going to say, actually. <laughs> Are you trying to find the name? Or no? I was trying to, but I'm, I'm not going to have one. It's not it. worth it. it. It's not worth it. Um, do you have anything else? I'm sorry. I thought I found it. No, I didn't find a name for it. Um, yeah, I didn't find a name for it yet. Uh, no, I do not have anything else except if you want to say the little tiny fact that MLB will now be posting games on oh, Apple TV, Apple TV, they'll just be producing them on Apple TV, and it's it's nothing. I it's didn't really- think so, and I, I think that they just like made a big deal about it because they're like still in lockout and they're like trying to be better people. They're like, look. We're going to let you stream it on Apple TV. But you want to know what I can still see them doing? Figuring out how to make a fucking blackout on Apple TV. They blackout every single game. Yeah, they're going to be like, oh, you live in Boston? The only game that you can actually watch is the Texas Rangers playing the Diamondbacks. I hope that's who you're a fan of. And you're just like, in in what world would I want to watch that game? (laughs) Oh, look at at Corey Seager and his $360 million contract losing to the Diamondbacks. That's embarrassing. But how many runs Simeon and Seeger put up? I can always learn how to lose more. You can <laughs> only hit solo home runs when there is no one else on base. But we'll see what goes on there. Well, listen, at this point, we're all just patiently waiting. Impatiently. How dare I say we're patiently waiting? We are impatiently waiting for any word from baseball and just clinging on to anything else that we hear. So only got like. If, if we're still in lockout, we only got like, I think like 40 more days until college baseball comes back. So there's a little bit to watch. There, there's hope on the horizon. It really not a College baseball isn't really something that people watch until college World Series. series. But that's but, because there's other baseball competing with it. If there will be no other baseball to watch. There will be almost no other sport to watch. Yeah. It's your chance. <laughs> Make an impact. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. If you can interact with the show, however possible, like it, follow it, share it, however you can do it on your platform. That would be great. Makes us feel good. Makes you feel good. Our Instagram is pinstripe.podcast. As we are 47 days into a lockout, there's not much news to break, but if you want to follow it for future news, you can. That would make us feel really great. Uh, We will be right back here next friday morning scotty gives us a little woo for that and (laughs) for scotty i am lexi and this has been the pinstripe podcast bye